devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot. And I feel like snapping my pistol in your face. That's some brown skinned woman be at a tea place. Now I'm burning up the highway. I'm a maniac man. I do a hundred miles an hour. Try to catch me if you can. Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Jason's here with me as always. What is going on? Not a lot, but I am good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's We were joking about this on our recent intro or outro can't remember but uh it's trick-or-treating weather yeah yeah it's uh you sent me some fargo north dakota weather in columbus ohio i don't like it but in a couple (laughs) days it's going to be summer again so hooray and it looks like for trick-or-treat night here in my town decent weather so the kids probably won't freeze to death and there'll be a lot of them out so i gotta buy a bunch of candy so just a couple of things that it's on our Facebook page here. Um, Buddy Guy announces 2023 damn right farewell tour dates. Most that are in the south, southeast. Is it a real farewell or is well, it? A, you know, I, right. You know, that's always the question. Is it a kiss? Is it a kiss farewell or like a, like an actual farewell? And it's Because <laughs> blues guys usually play until they die. You know, they, I mean, right. So, so yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, catch buddy guy while you can. Yeah, for sure. I think the only other, other news on our website too, that I want to bring up, sorry, sure. Brian, I cut you off there is um, our friends in goodbye June are not yet on the ballot for the Grammys for best rock record, but are in the running to be on the ballot for the Grammys for best rock record. So that is a good step, a good leap forward. Um, I, I'm not sure what we can do to um, support them, everybody listening, but we I did put links on our webpage or our Facebook site. Um, t- check it out. If you guys are good by June fans like Brian and I are, and we, you know, Tyler's been on, he's a, he's a cool guy. Uh, let's find out what we can do to support them or at least push on your social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that the people that do vote or put people on see a lot of that action. And maybe we'll find like a legit real rock band, made themselves rock band, deserving rock band, be on that ballot, ballot for best Grammy um, in February. I think February is when the ceremony is. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where I could vote there. So you say that stuff, that link isn't, you don't get directly there yet? Nope. But I think if we get a lot of social media traffic going, that'll catch people's attention. That's what I'm hoping at least. So push it, promote it, mention them. Well-deserving. And I'm, as I'm scrolling here too, uh, you know, I saw the post from Jax, but she's got uh, some new music coming out as a record coming out. 
her new music. Re- yeah, she has a record coming out for sure. I know she helped crowdsource or uh, crowdfund or whatever the stuff is called um, these days too. We contribute to it. But yeah, she seems to be getting closer to releasing some music and a new record. And Brian, we love Jax. She's a she's family. She's like our sister, younger sister on this podcast. And we'll be promoting the shit out of it. Yeah, for sure. Now, we need your help in taking care of some villains. It, the sofa cover people are back on here. <laughs> How do they keep getting back on? I don't know. They're like cockroaches. And why sofa covers? Why our, why, why our Facebook page? Why? I don't know. Somehow. I mean, if we weren't, if we didn't have a decent following, I don't think scammers would try to get on. (laughs) Like it was like five people. So thank you to all of our listeners and followers. Continue to follow us on social media. Please leave us a a rating and review to help us out. But if you're a sofa cover person, get the hell off. Yeah. Hit the bricks. Hit the bricks. Kick rocks. Let's talk about something much better than the sofa cover people. Our guests. Our guest. Our guest. Our guest is a returning uh, guest. So he w- he was on the first time as a member of the band Whiskey Foxtrot. We've had his mom and sister on to talk about the Power and Sound Revival, a music and art festival they put on in North Carolina. But we have our guest tonight, Solo Brian. And who is that? That is Seth Williams, JSW Music. Also, like you mentioned, uh, he was uh, in Whiskey Foxtrot with Sam Foster who at yep. this point we pretty much consider, you know, a, a super group, two incredibly talented people that are so talented, they had to do their own thing. There's just too much, North Carolina too super much group. intense talent in one band. Too much intense, too much intense talent for one band. Now Sam and Seth are on their own. So you yeah. could promote that. Perfect marketing for those yeah. guys. So, and we're a little slow out of the gates of, we're talking about like uh, Seth's record Burn, which came out in 2019. Like I said, but it is still like, available. I, I have such a delayed response to great records, and that record is so good in the songwriting and performance and production. Well, that happened diversity. close to the pandemic, and everything went crazy. But it's always nice to find these gems that have come out that you can enjoy now. And Seth also has some new mu- music out, more music coming, so it ties in a little bit to get you familiar with what he has coming on and check out the new stuff. Yeah, and then we get to hear about his artwork. We get to hear about uh, the custom band stuff he does with his dad. You guys will hear all about that. So we'll stop talking, and you're going to listen to our conversation with Seth Williams. We're here at the guest segment of the podcast. You guys know I was throwing over to Jason to introduce the guest. Thank you, Brian. And you know, it's always my pleasure as well to introduce the guest. Uh, we have another returning guest this time. Although last time we spoke to him and you guys listened, he was part of a band called Whiskey Foxtrot. This time, solo artist Seth Williams from JSW joins us. How you doing, Seth? I am doing great, man. How about y'all? 
We're doing good. We're doing good. We're, 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 we're doing great, but we're not hanging out in a van having a podcast interview. <laughs> oh, like you right. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not in here with the shag, the tassels, the mirror. I'll say, that's yeah. a van, not a minivan. This is a 70s conversion van or whatever the hell this is. Yeah, man. Yeah, I built this thing. Uh, built it myself. Yeah. <laughs> are you Are you in Reedsville? Is that the closest town or is that where you're at? Yeah, uh, yeah. I live in Reedsville, North Carolina. Right on, right on. Yeah. So as Jason, <laughs> as Jason was saying, we had you on uh, with part of Whiskey Foxtrot with, with Sam. And, yeah. uh, I, but I'm like just discovering uh, your record burn. This is from 2019 and I'm just blown away by it. It's so great. Um, oh, so you. if we can just talk about, start there, like how that record came about and all that and just go from there. That'd be great. Yeah, um, you know, it, it seems now being 2022 and 2022 almost being over. I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago. And like you said, guys said, it's been out for a while and you're just now discovering it. So, I mean, it, it's hard to recall some of those songs. But um, when I was making that record, you know, I had put out Black Vinyl, which was kind of putting my toe in the water with that one. But I had kind of started... I don't know, I guess I'd kind of cut, cut my teeth in a way and was kind of ready to start experimenting and doing a few things and finding my sound, I guess. And I think when you listen to that, you're, you can definitely tell I'm still searching a little bit, but you know, that that's just part of the process and being the second thing I ever really put out. But, um, you know, it was just kind of still diving in and figuring stuff out more than anything. I knew I wanted a, uh, a big rock sound, but still those, country roots of kind of where I came from and honestly just the blend of music I'd listened to coming up so you know that stuff always peaks through either way so but you know just it's just getting my footing I guess with with that album uh the record just sounds great the way it was recorded produced and like you say you got this great kind of diversity of authentic country and you know just good rock and roll driving rock and roll um right. just excellent excellent songwriting and performance and i know you got a couple covers on here uh i believe i'm walking and hard time floor killing blues yes and, yeah and uh, uh can you remind us who the artists were that did that i know i chatted with you and i don't have like notes scribbled in front of me it, it's hard for me to remember i just I, that's one of those songs for me it's just how and wolf did killing floor yeah how and wolf did killing floor uh that's right yeah and it's kind of one of those songs that kind of passed around too so you know, you can find several versions of that song. In fact, I believe uh, Larkin Poe. Zeppelin. Uh, Larkin yeah, yeah. Poe did. Zeppelin's done a version of that. Yeah, yeah. And so, they, you know, it's that's one of those songs that got passed down through, I guess, generations. So I thought it was just so cool. And, of course, uh, you know, everybody knows it from um, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? When they're sitting around yeah. the fire towards the end of the movie there. And, you know, when that movie came out, I was a kid. So that was kind of like my first taste of the blues. And a lot of, you know, music I listened to growing up was in that movie so I just thought like that movie was just so cool and it brought me back to the first time seeing that some of those imageries of you know just old-time blues players but when I when I covered that and I just you know at the time I uh, was also in the blues challenge so I wanted to kind of throw a tribute out there for the people like that you know where where was yeah. the blues challenge that you were in um, I was in the I was representing the Piedmont area when I went to Memphis. So um, it was actually in Greensboro, uh, the one I went to. 
and won, but I got to go as a solo artist the first time. I wasn't quite old enough. I believe I was 17. So I, they sent me as a youth the first year and I got a duo together and then went to do as, as the duo and got in and went, I believe, in 2018 out to Memphis. So that, that was a good time. And of course, so, you know, it's, it's for things like that, it's not so much of having the goal of winning. It's more of like a big melting pot and, you know, camaraderie and meeting people. And it's just so cool because you get to meet people from all around the world. I'm, I'm still friends. You guys should check out uh, Jesse Roper. I think we might have talked about him during the uh, Whiskey Foxtrot one. But he was a guy I met actually out on the streets and was just kind of talking whatever, talking about clubs and music. And then during if he wasn't in the same room I was playing in for my competition because we had switch outs and I was the last one for my category. He was the first one for his. So that was pretty neat. But you guys check out Jesse Roper. He's one guy up in Canada, man. I've been Canada, uh, yeah. I still been in touch with. So that's that's the kind of things that happen for those competitions. But yeah, the uh, I represented the Piedmont area when I went out there, and I had a lot of lot of fun, and it was a big learning experience for sure. Right on. You mentioned uh, um, you know listening to blues when you uh, when uh, you were growing up, and one thing that I got to you know, compliment, you know, to you as well as uh, next time I chat with your mom is that like your parents seemingly did this, this incredible job of raising <laughs> these artistic kids. And I mean, but everything about all, you know, like the, the van, you know, doing the custom bands and all that stuff to artwork, to songs, to, you know, what, what your mom and your sister are doing with the Rockham Corporation. Like it's yeah. just so steeped in arts, and I think that they've really nurtured that up with 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 you guys. And you know, can you put that into words at all? With, with oh yeah, I mean, like? you know, I, I think it's fair to say that I've always grown up in an ambitious and I guess creative environment because uh, you know I grew up with my dad racing, so he figured out how to fabricate and use the tools and. So I always grew up around him using his hands and fabrication and, and being in the shop. But, you know, and then I also grew around up around some artists in the family, like my uncle's an artist. And I remember, you know, when you get together with the family during holidays, I always remember just talking to him about artwork and uh, being my parents were just so supportive of everything. They they always let it be a wide open path. They were like, whatever you want to do, you we got your back 100 percent. So when when it you know it, from growing up when I got into the teen years and was kind of carving my own way and still finding you know it's just music and uh, I guess expression through music and art really appealed to me but you know at the same time I wanted to be down in the shop with my dad so mm -hmm. I have a little bit of everything and and everything for them you know to thank for for that because uh, I feel like I've learned a lot in a short amount of time, not saying I know everything, but, you know, I still got a lot to learn, but I don't know. It was just, uh, I guess it just a wide open path to what I would want to do, you know? Right on. Um, is there any specific blues players or, you know, any rock, rock and roll players country that are like heavy influences for you? Oh man. I mean, I could, I might've said this last time, but shoot, I, I could watch Song Remains the Same, the Led Zeppelin movie. I, I watched that relentlessly. And Jimmy Page was one of my guys for a, the longest time. 
And so you, you should know, still be one of your guys. You can't be oh, off Jimmy Page. Right. Yeah. You're never off Jimmy. Once you're off <laughs> Come Jimmy, on, man. You're never off Jimmy Page. You know, I mean, who could forget the fucking burst Les Paul coming up on oh. stage and, you know, the, the, the suit, the dragon suit. The yeah. dragon pants and jacket. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Wizard. He's playing like wizardy, bluesy. Yeah. Just in your face. Blues. Looks like a wizard playing like a wizard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean the image, you know, the imagery associated with the movie and that band. I mean, yeah. I, I was locked in. It's like you had everything. You had rock and roll. You had cult. You had blues. You had women. You had drugs. Yeah, it was everything a rock band from the '70s should should have been. And I feel like yeah. Led Zeppelin was that band for me. But you know, on the on the more deeper side of things, you find out guys like that through, uh, you know, and you go on their background and who they were listening to. And you know, Led Zeppelin grew up listening to Elvis and just. People really f- from you know the South and all these blues players that from back in the forties, thirties, and and on, you know, and so that's where a lot of that kind of stuff come from, and so that's how I started diving through that stuff was those psychedelic. You know, you can listen to Pink Floyd all day, but you live, pick up some of those riffs. So there's some deep, heavy blues riffs. Absolutely, going through a Marshall stack on Echo Effects, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. with a light show. Uh, so, and usually we wait till later to get into the the, the gear part of the guitars and amps. So, you want to dive into that now, Jason? Oh, we're, we're you know what? <laughs> yeah, man, I'll always talk, <laughs> talk rock. So, what did what what gear did you were you using on that on the album? Uh, I remember I was going through a Fender Bassman for the most part, and um, okay. I think the idea was. I, you know, I was still kind of looking for a sound. So there was a few effects put on the guitar, um, whether it be through some pedals being a phaser or maybe a little. Were you playing a Les Paul? I mean, being a being a page guy or we. Oh, yeah. Again, another mix of everything, because, you know, Led Zeppelin, it it was of Yardbird, Jimmy Page playing tellies and. Les Paul yeah. and stuff, and I, th- I well, believe the first I- Zeppelin album, he was on a telly, right? He that painted telly he had. Yeah, with the uh, the round mirrors all glued to it and stuff. The <laughs> telly, yeah. But it was a mix of um, of guitars as well. I think it was more, you know, I think I remember playing a track where it was uh, it was more of a country leaning song, and I played my Les Paul on it. And then I think for something like Burn, I think that is a Telecaster on that solo so you know i was mixing it up and just kind of using what i had in my hands in the moments finding a good sound and just going with it but but yeah fender bassman um not too many effects we wanted the guitar to really be the i guess the outspoken thing not too many crazy things going on on top of it and letting the natural tones of the guitar take place so you know pretty much pretty simple pretty stripped down was that the same? Like you weren't using the same setup for Whiskey Foxtrot, were you? Because you guys had a little bit more of Americana, right? Yeah, and at times when we were playing, we we got dove into those psychedelic '70s trippy uh, solos and stuff. But um, for the most part, that was also another simple, a simple setup. Really, I've always been a big fan of letting the amp drive the sound, whether that be through literally gain or pushing volume or because uh, a great guitar player told me that all your tone is in both your hands. It don't matter how many pedals you have. It don't matter what your amp's doing. If 
you just turn that thing up and you use your hands to get what you want kind of so but anything on top of that's kind of ice on the cake so for me i like to make sure that my foundation is solid then that and for me that's guitar going straight in the amp and if that don't sound good you ain't starting off good yeah Brian, that's kind of like our buddies in Jane Lee Hooker, you know, uh, Tina and Tracy both play a good guitar and a good amp and don't really use a lot of pedals. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same bleep. And a lot of those in the blues, blues rock realm really kind of go um, lo-fi, right? Good, good guitar, good amp, and maybe one or two pedals at the most. Right, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from going down and playing some stuff in Florida, too. I've talked to some, some older guys that remember days of like road crewing with somebody like Molly Hatchet, who, you know, a Marshall stack, 412 greenbacks all the way up. And then you get into guitar players like uh, Charlie Starr, who also is a super simple stripped down kind of player mm -hmm. who goes either through those Marshalls, the oranges or whatever. And again, just letting that amp do the work for you, you know, and you just controlling it on guitar in your hands. Yeah. So talk about like wh where this was recorded um and just the, the recording of it and production and who you worked with for that and where you recorded uh so burn was recorded in greensboro north carolina with tom rowan at uh sound lab studio and uh he's also a fellow canadian but he was a <laughs> guy to work with and uh it, like i said at the time i was experimenting so when I didn't quite know where to go or what to do, or just when I threw a bunch of ideas at Tom, he, he kind of knew what to do and whittled it down and kind of pointed me in the direction. So he was incredible to work with. And, um, and as far as the musicians, it's kind of funny that that burn album, like I, it was Steve Worley who played most of the drums on there and he wound up being a whiskey box trot later. And, um, and a few musicians that, through the connection of Tom being a recording studio, he would, you know, call in and say, Hey, I got this guy, I got this a young kid. He needs piano or, you know, he needs this bass or whatever, you know, he, so I worked with several musicians who were in rotation of that studio doing work anyway. So it was great to kind of build a foundation with players that have played on, not just stuff like sounded like mine, but you know, like I get stories like, yeah, I just played bass on a reggae track not too long ago or finished up a, mm -hmm you know, a country album or, you know, whatever. So, you know, some of those influences of that style or whatever the musicians they had, it was just like, well, I'm kind of hearing a little of this and I'd be like, all right, great. I like that sound. And we kind of throw it in there. Right on. Last time we, uh, when we hit Sam was on the last time he talked about, well, you guys got sharing some musicians on, on each of your yeah. recordings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at the time when Whiskey Foster was coming around, it was like, you know, I, when I had recorded some of that, I was like, well, shoot, I know some of these guys I recorded with. And Sam said, well, I know some of these guys. I made this album. We played some split show mm -hmm. stuff. It's just, uh, you know, that tight knit community of musicians where, you know, we kind of had our pick where we said, well, I know this guy, you know, that guy. Let's see what we can make happen. And lo and behold, Whiskey Foster Rock came about. Right on. We, we, I always like to ask the guests, um, like, what, what the scene is like where you're at or what it was like, what it is like, you know, in yeah. that area, Greensboro area. Um, what is that? Is there, is there a scene? Is there, or is it more like a whole kind of North Carolina or North Carolina thing, general area? It, it can be, it's kind of funny, you know, you, 
the more you get towards the foothills and the mountains, you're obviously going to find some bluegrass players and stuff like that. And more towards the coast, you're going to find your beach players and things, but really it's, it's, um, it's a tight knit or at least everybody you've played with knows somebody in, in other words. Um, cause I mean, I've played with guys who played in beach bands and like I said, come back and he's like, you know, or has a connection with this metal band or however. So, it's kind of a, everybody knows everybody or knows of that kind of person. And mm -hmm. there are all those tight knit groups from like Winston and Greensboro who are just like in this rotation of playing the bars and the local scenes and stuff. And, you know, been doing that for a while. And it, it I would say it's pockets of tight knit groups, if that makes sense. We, uh, you know, we always joke that, you know, we're not promoters, but we play, play promoters on the internet and like, can we get a, uh, you know, a North Carolina festival. I mean, through Power and Sound Revival, that's where I became aware of Chuck Mountain. Of yeah. Jive Mother Mary. And what I, what I found out just recently is the LA Maybes from North Carolina. I'm like, well, then what does the LA part stand for? You know, right, so, right, yeah. Sam and you. And so I, that's why I asked that question. It seems like a real rich kind of something in the soil there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, well, it's funny as that circle grows, you get, into you know people like um uh them dirty roses and mm -hmm. bolts and then you know it's kind of almost like this it, it really kind of harkens back to the day because these bands are going up and down the east coast really almost around the world you know you got somebody like job mother mary who's going all the way to europe and, and playing serious serious shows and uh like i said you just get this odd tight-knit group of people that have played with each other in passing and, you know, it's just cool to kind of rub elbows with those people and, and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, once again, like I said, uh, becoming aware that Burn came out before Whiskey Foxtrot. And like, eh, it almost, like to me, kind of in an affectionate, kind of funny way, it's like, you know, you're so talented and Sam's so talented. So like now to me, Whiskey Foxtrot is like a super group, you know? <laughs> Right, and, yeah, and, and I imagine it, it's like God, we're you know we're both so talented. So then you go back to doing your solo things. <laughs> yeah, and and that was the cool thing with Whiskey Foxtrot was, you know, I don't think it was ever spoken, but I think it was more. It's like okay, well, we need to. We were both chomping at the bit to do something, man. Like we were wanting to get out there, get on the road, get in the studio, do something. And I think Whiskey Foxtrot was more the molding of okay, it was that next step of finding out what we wanted to do. And it was more of a launching pad for, for really the both of us, both Sam and I, and, you know, and through and through time and a little, you know, you work it out and it's like, okay, well, it's clear you want to do this. I kind of want to do this. And what we've built, it kind of, will, it's not a puzzle piece that will be a part of this, even though it's still the both of us. So, you know, we kind of come to the agreement of, well, it, you know, we've done our thing and I think we've taken it to the just absolute of what we could do with it and we both kind of wanted a little more out of it that we didn't think we could get from that band so uh we just thought it was best to kind of go our separate ways was it's funny there for a while we were using uh same bass players and drummers so we said we had uh, <laughs> what was split custody of the band there for a while because you know you, you, you kind of get back out there and you're like bambi on your feet again trying to stumble around so it was funny. We had joint custody of band members and 
uh, rehearsal spaces. We'd press each other, go into rehearsal spaces, catch up and, and everything. And I, in fact, I still talk to Sam every other day and see him. So, you know, everything is still good, but it's just, it's such a good community of musicians like that where, where bands like that do form and then, you know, people go their separate ways, but it's the community of musicians are still tight, if that makes sense. You know, you happen all the time. Uh, who's your live band right now? Who's in, who's playing with you? It would be a Brad Cardiel on bass and Mitch Hall on drums. Uh, just tackling it right now as a trio. Um, I, just, I love that simpler sound. Uh, and again, like, you know, through Whiskey Foster, I wanted to really try to express more of my playing and and I guess not be so much of an instrumental band, but, you know, I'm, I'm for me, I'm definitely not afraid to step out there and play a 10 minute solo or something, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I wanted it to be one of those, one of those where it's just like, you know, a simple bass, drums, guitar. And I got to tell you, man, both, both Mitch and Brad are just so freaking talented that once they get up on stage, they're pretty much locked in which is great because you want your bass player and drummer to be basically one person absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> it times only three people. <laughs> you know uh, hearing you know sam's record and then hearing your record you know really you know i know i'm still i'm just giddy about this and that, that combination of whiskey foxtrot but you can you can almost see more who brought what to the table yeah foxtrot by hearing you guys separately it's just pretty yeah amazing. now that you you see the the puzzle is separated mm -hmm. see who made up what piece in, in mm -hmm. a way uh, i mean I'd, i'll i'll always credit sam to giving i mean the lyrics and stuff that he'd come up with or the storylines or stuff i mean he was you know always inspirational to me and he, he made me dig harder to be, you know, well, what's the best word or what's the best way I could say this as far as a songwriter standpoint? Because he would always have something interesting to say and 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 say it in such a in you know certain way, you know, that would come across perfectly for the story or the subject of the song. So, you know, I definitely credit him for all of that for sure. But yeah, it's just you know when you work together like that, you make each other dig. You you want the best out of each other, you know. Um, so you do you have new music Are you, any plans on recording some stuff coming out with a new record yeah in fact um i just talked to my producer uh the guy who uh just got done recording i probably recorded a week ago just some touch-ups but i plan on releasing um another single i have a video in a music video in the works uh, for that one but um okay. right now i've got in and i released uh, cambridge uh, one of the heavier songs uh, last year, I believe, and put a music video with that. Right on. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of your other stuff that you do, artwork ventures and, you know, FUBAR and all that, if you could, you know, get specific, get deep into that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's like, you know, kind of going back to Whiskey Foxtrot, another thing I wanted to do was I wanted to wait way more time for, my artwork and also working alongside my dad and, you know when you're part of a touring band or you're hitting the road a lot you know you just you're come back dog tired and not a lot of time and you turn back around and do it again so I wanted to start carving out more time for my artwork and I've I've had some chopper motorcycle friends and some vanning friends that were like well man you need to you know come out and paint some tanks or come out and sell some artwork at these events so 
I started Fubar Designs, which Jeremiah is my first name. So old Jeremiah's Fubar Designs. I've made one of the most, I guess, complicated Instagram handles of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but but through that, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of cool people in, in that world, in the, in the automotive world, in the, in the custom paint world. So uh, I've got a few tanks under my belt. I've, I've painted some tanks for some guys and, and they've gone on some bikes. Um, and with the van, I've, I've helped uh, paint a few mur- murals and stuff like that on some vans. Um, and, and our our tour, our mobile studio van, you're going to do our logo for us, right? Oh, absolutely. I'll do the logo. But then I'm like, it's going to be some Vikings, dragons, you know, flames down the you know, side. A Led Z- any Led Zeppelin album covers, <laughs> fine by me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can't have a van without a Led Zeppelin album co- album cover painted on the side of it. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's some, you know, there's some must-haves when you have a van. You got to have some sport, sort of five-spoke mag, you know, hardwood floors, some shag carpet, swivel seats, a bed in the back, you know. Disco lock, ball. Disco ball. <laughs> I mean, you got to have side pipes. You got you to gotta have it all, man. <laughs> So uh, let's let's talk. We want to talk about the van, like from from you know the empty shell to where you're at now, because that thing, man, it looks like you just like came from a time machine from the seventies. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. That's exactly what I was going for, because man, you know, on these what they're called is uh, G series vans. So, and that's one of my favorite vans. Of course, I'm a I'm a GM guy. I'm a Chevy guy. So. Um, I was looking for a Chevy shorty van, which is is hard to find. And um, and for the longest time, actually, Bell South, the phone company, they used mm-hmm. Chevy shorty vans as work vans. And they had a solid side on the driver's side and windows on the other. And, man, I was scrolling through Facebook Market one day, and a guy had it for sale. And I was like, $600 is hard to pass up. So <laughs> I went out there. It had a blown V6. I mean, the heads were off the V6. The transmission was practically sitting in the yard. And this yeah. is the first vehicle I ever pressure washed from the inside because it had like literal grass and vegetation growing in it. That's oh how gosh. mistreated it was. So I finally found me a Chevy Shorty and took it back. And man, it's it's one of those things where, you know, coming up, I always dreamed about playing guitar up on stage, but also the i guess the b side or the flip side of that dream was i want a hot rod van too <laughs> so you know you can't have one without the other so i mean i remember you know I, some of these parts and stuff or little knickknacks or things it was stuff i had like literally stuff under my bed since i was 13 i would go shopping with dad or mom or go through junkyards with dad and take this little thing here or you know go to a furniture market with mom and like get ideas from that and so man i had tubs and parts and just stuff scattered everywhere and so when i finally had an empty shell that's where they all went to and just kind of i guess made another dream come true in a way so you rebuilt that for bottom up pretty much right yeah yeah i I took the v6 out and uh i I had a small block chevrolet uh set to the side uh that i put in here a brand new uh well, it's a, the 1970 transmission out of my original GMC truck. I made that work in here. And uh, in fact, I had a, I bought a whole nother van that was totally gone through. I mean, the, there was no floorboards in it. I strictly bought it for parts and it was an older van. It was a 73 and uh, I took all the parts and made my 95, which is what this is. I made a, my 95 look like a 73. So 
I grill swapped it, bumper swap, uh, you know, put a porthole window on the side, the cool little diamond window, pop out glass and took it from the work van and just put all the custom stuff. If I didn't have it, I made it kind of thing, put it all towards the van. You know, uh, you know, the whole van logo for the podcast was like, I just thought of like, what, what would somebody be driving around going to Skinner shows in the 70s? That's kind of what I thought, you know, instead of the, you know, usual typical Southern rock kind of imagery. And and then I see you like doing that, you know, (laughs) I mean, like you, you know, the video where you went to the Rhythm and Roots Festival and, you know, you, you, you got your, you know, don't have to even go find a campground or anything. You got your, you know, you can just rest area or wherever. I don't know where you go. You Absolutely. Know, like, For Rhythm and Roots, there. man, I, I, I stayed in some friends' driveways, like no kidding. They, they were like, well, man, just come on and crash in the driveway. And that's what I did. I, I went out there and stayed in the van. But <laughs> I know what you're talking about, man. Just that whole 70s vibe of, you know, it's pretty much, the, it's like a snail. You got your home on your back. So. And, and it's a perfect concert. Load up all your friends. It's a perfect concert. Yeah. We'll take them all to concert. And, you know, unfortunately, somebody has to DD. So, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it's the perfect, it's that perfect imagery because, you know, everybody remembers a van from back then. When I was watching that clip, when you're going to Rhythm and Roots, you have a way of making that video look kind of vintage i thought am i like this and just the music you put on it it's like so naturally like if i didn't know i thought well this is like a video clip from the 70s such a great job with that oh i appreciate that i'm that's another thing i'm trying to get into is is uh editing for our shop youtube which Mm -hmm. uh and stuff like that so I, i appreciate that but but yeah you know it's it's um i tried to think of you know, through the eyes of, well, what would I want to see if I was sitting in the passenger seat or, you know, or the driver's seat? Like I tried to get what I was seeing or how I'd like to see it for the video and the viewers. So, and it, you know, I love all those 70s stuff and 70s films. So that's what I kind of have to reference to even subconsciously sometimes. So uh, talk about the Rhythm and Roots Festival. Who'd you see down there? Oh man. I mean, I actually saw Job Mother Mary again. They were playing down on one of the stages, I believe, on Sixth Street, and got to hang out with them again. But I mean, a topper for me was again Forty Nine Winchester, man. I mean, they were absolutely incredible, and you can tell they're one of the bands that are just. I mean, they're they're approaching that that big peak, man. Like they are right on the edge of you just seeing their CDs and like or albums just plastered everywhere t-shirts everywhere you know i mean shoot they played the grand Ole opry um they've been on the late night show here recently i know but but yeah it was kind of crazy because you know rhythm and roots is so spread out so many stages but let me tell you something when 49 winchester hit the stage everybody i mean it was a crowd that just migrated to, to there and luckily i'd got a pretty decent seat where i could see them but yeah man they're, they're just they were a topper for me for that it's just it's just being in the north it's so cool to see all these great bands like from texas over to florida and up to you know all the way up into virginia and you know kentucky and it's just i think it's just so wonderful and it's like 
you know, I, I find just from the outside looking in as a fan, yeah, it seems like, you know, now that there's not the big, huge record industry, like, you know, people really are absolutely doing this for the passion because you guys aren't out there getting rich or anything, you know, I mean, so because right, yeah. and, and I shouldn't I try not to criticize people and stuff, but like, you know, you can read snippets of interviews from guys that are really really famous saying well even if we were just like in the bar in the garage you know i'd still be doing this and kind of question that a little bit but with all you yeah. guys that like this is about the passion like totally like there's not a big super huge pot of gold at the end of the rainbow exactly and man and when you see a band like 49 or somebody like job mother mary who are just making like and even them dirty roses who are making these just huge strides and you know, they are the guys who played those bars or, you know, mm -hmm. and as, as I mentioned before, they're the guys you rubbed elbows with and they're the guys that just kept trucking through everything. And if finally, you know, it's like there's there's a little bit of spotlight starting to get shined on them. And, you know, that that's what you want to see. And, you know, it's just so cool to think that even two years ago, it would be nothing to have a show with Jai, uh, somebody like Job Mother Mary or 49 lined up at the local bar. And now, he's turned on Stephen Colbert and they're up there playing. It's like, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's in a way it's like, man, that, that's your boys. That's your dudes up there. They're doing it. And, you know, it can't, it brings a smile on my face every time. And it's, and it goes to show, you know, through the, you don't have to have those big record labels. Like you were saying, if mm. it's really the fans that build you now, it's, yeah. it's the fans who back you. It's the fans who make you who you are and, you cater to the fans and, and, you know, it, they got your back 100%. And that's been proven time and time again, I believe. And, and especially here recently. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just been like a slow reverberation from, you know, we always talk about our Blackberry smoke is like the flagship for, for all this, this, you know, this sound, this music. And they Absolutely. started 20 years ago, but it, it's like, even since we started the podcast, maybe even a little bit before, and Jason always say too, like, we see this, like, uh growing authentic southern rock you know music sounding scene and bands from here to there and everywhere so it's just it's i don't know if that's a question or just an observation but you know i just had to felt uh, compelled to say seems that. to be a lot of footing with up and coming bands new bands in this kind of genre music with an appetite for bands to hear it absolutely man yeah and uh, people are wanting i think i think too you know it's a lot to be said with um, with something that's shiny and polished and perfect. I think people are, are really tired of that, which there's a place for that. It's perfect. But, you know, as far as this genre, you know, genre of music, whether it be when it, when you boil it down into any sort of rootsy music like that, it's a human element to it. And whether that be, you know, a guitar being a little out of tune from getting a little too gritty in a solo or, you know, the vocalist, Maybe it's, you know, the vocals break up a little bit of those human elements in these bands that people can relate to. It's not this perfect Hollywood billion dollar production that you're going to see. Real people, real instruments, not a computer. You know, and yeah, it's like if <laughs> and, and it's in a way, it's like you're not going to see any of these bands play the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. these are bands that are like legit, real deal, you know, like their grit to the true to their roots guys and girls out there and women doing this thing yeah we saw we had jay scott from the hook rocks on a couple weeks ago and, and he he has a real real good popular podcast has a lot of emerging artists from all genres on and 
we were talking a little bit about that is is it's better off maybe that rock music is not the mainstream darling because yeah you got to be careful what you wish for because it, when it becomes that then you have all the producers and everybody else influence influencing it and sort of pushing it into whatever the algorithm points out of what should be popular right you right. got all that now because you're out of the spotlight in terms of that top 40 radio yeah. whatever you have the ability to take on your own persona your own you know band your own sound however you want song to song can vary album to album can vary it doesn't matter you have that and getting to the point of not playing in the super bowl that's fine you know what yeah I, I, you know, do I, do I need to see Guns N' Roses up playing the Super Bowl? Do the, does Guns N' Roses need to play the Super Bowl? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, pop music do it. You know, maybe that was wrong. So, you know, of course, again, back to that, you know, you see your brother, you see your guys up there doing it. Of course, if any of the bands I like were playing the Super Bowl, I'd be backing them 100%. But, oh, of course. I mean, it would be great to hear a rock band, but – the bands yeah, yeah. that play the Super Bowl are the super popular, pushed, produced. Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. It's it's the stuff that you're gonna see in an Apple Watch commercial. You know, it's spectacle. It's spectacle over music, and there have been a handful of good rock performances over the years. You know, um, we've had yeah. Tom Petty, Prince, Aerosmith. Of course, Aerosmith had Britney Spears and stuff with them, but there have been a few times or but mostly it's these pop acts and they do the spectacle and, you know, listen, you guys can go out and play rock the way you want to play rock. There are audiences for it. Sure. You know, you're not going to be on top 40 radio, but that also gives you guys the freedom to do whatever the hell you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's well, back to the thing. It's rock and roll. It's against the grain a little bit. It's, it should be underground. Damn it. You guys are. Yeah. Rebels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And like you mentioned, it's I don't want to sound like a broken record, but man, once you once that polished, super polished, super perfect thing steps in, man, it it kind of it kind of takes away from that. And I think rootsy rock, southern rock, and this you know rootsy music is always stayed true to that freaking you know I'm I'm a person with a guitar, or I got you know I'm a person with something to say, or you know, I can rip a solo, watch out, I'm going to do it kind of thing. Like it's, it's just this human element that I think if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be the genre it is, in other words. Right on. Authentic. Authentic. Do, I, do I feel a lightning round coming on? I think oh. we're good for a lightning round. We got to get the lightning round in before Seth, your dinner and my dinner is ready. <laughs> exactly. Brian's, an hour, Brian's an hour behind us. He still has time. Right, yeah, he's got time to call dominoes and still get it to the door. <laughs> That's right. All right. What are the last three artists or bands you either listened to or streamed? Oh, uh, here lately I've been listening to a band that I've been getting into a whole lot, which is perfect for driving music if you're ever on a long road trip, and that is Truck Fighters. They're a band from Sweden, and, man, they got – Shoot, they got some of the heaviest riffs of that I've ever heard, and just some of the coolest, I guess, backstories and and uh, songwriting I've I've heard. And I just I've been getting into a lot of heavier stuff. Um, let's see, truck fighters. So speaking stuff. of Swedish bands, again, going back to our buddy Jay Scott at the Hook Rocks, he had this band on and promoted them called Thunder Mother, a Swedish band, a female hard rock, seventies, yes, eighties style Thunder Mother. 
Black and Gold, that album Black and Gold is so good. Check it out. I'm going to dive into that. Yes, absolutely. Thunder Mother. Thunder what a Mother. name. That's a great name. Oh, yeah. I mean, the marketing you can do with that is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? So we, we have, um, what, sorry, what was the name of the band? I just forgot it. Truck Fighters. Truck All Fighters. Two. Okay. Truck Fighters. What else? Two more. Uh, let's see. I've been getting into a lot of bands like Elder, which is a, uh, another band sort of like Truck Fighters. A lot of heavy riffs in that. Um, let's see. Shoot, I might have to even bring up my Spotify real quick. Do it. Bring it up. It's Yeah. And like I tell everybody, it's no problem. Bring your phone. Because, you know, you know how it is, you pop in headphones and you just put some music in the background and, and let it roll. Oh, yeah. I just, so while you're looking, I just happened to start listening to the 90s rock, alt-rock band Sponge just for the same reason. And right. some songs started playing after mine. I was like, man, Sponge actually had a couple of pretty good songs, a couple of songs I had never heard. I'm like, all right, pretty solid oh, yeah. Oh, I tell you what, it just popped up. Billy Strings. I've been oh, listening. Billy, there you go. It's kind of funny. It's all psychedelic stuff, whether it be super heavy, psychedelic, He's or insane. somebody like Billy Strings. And I got to see him recently here at uh, in Greensboro Coliseum. Um, and of course, I got you know I got friends and stuff that go and see him and thing. And I mean, honestly, one of the best acts I've seen in a long time, and just absolutely killer. I think he's doing an incredible job of blending again that rootsy bluegrass music with a new twist and new yeah. flavor. And, and you know, he sold he, out like he came here around Dayton and sold out super fast, like a 3,500 seat amphitheater. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's he's bringing a, a, a genre of music like bluegrass that's so deep in Appalachian and you know, it's <laughs> but the way he plays for somebody that's not into that music who just likes string guitar music it's yeah. it it's you know it is accessible very accessible yeah yeah he he's showing that a lot of you know obviously just these generations that might have not or you know groups of people that might have not even appealed to that kind of music or even searched or seeked out that music and now mm -hmm. you know you find you find yourself like i did when i was 13 backtracking from what jimmy page had learned and and his his style you know you, you hope to that it brings and all that history comes with him which it absolutely does with billy and you know you got people listening to freaking tony rice now you know which is incredible <laughs> So Truck Fighters, Elder, and Billy Strings. Yeah, a super, super weird mix, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, you know what? That's also good, too. You got to listen to a variety of stuff to see what um, inspires you to write yeah, music. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to guitar solos. Two different questions, guitar solos here. What is your favorite guitar solo to play on a cover song? Oh, man, on a cover song. So <laughs> it's funny. It's a cover song of a, I, I guess, a cover song. Um, but I love Whitey Morgan's version of Just Got Paid. He oh, puts, really? Oh, man. He puts that four on the floor beat with it. And uh, I kind of messed around and come up with the solo with my own twist on it because it is a slide or pedal steel solo in it. And, man, that's as, I, as far as a cover song, dude, when that song pops up in a set, I'm like, Oh, dude, I'm I'm gonna love this, but hey, I love it every time. Um, Lord, that's it's an, an ELO, um, Long Black Road. Oh wow, there we go. 
playing that here recently and just absolutely oh, Jeff Jeff Lynn, you're the second person who brought did uh Sam Pam Colton talk about ELO ELO Brian? I, somebody just I, recently talked about ELO ELO that we spoke to. I don't think it was Sam, but no. Okay. Somebody did. Um, what is your favorite solo to play of your own original music? Good question. Um I have this song out, or it's not out yet. I'm planning on releasing it here pretty soon, but it is recorded. Um, it's one I wrote called Blind Cat, and it's, uh, it's, it's in the key of D. So, uh, you know, you have a lot of range up and down the neck in any key. Mm-hmm. Me, mm-hmm. as far as the player, I, lo- I love that key because you can go to drop D, you know, get some of that low end. But um, I play – that's a song that I did not keep simple as far as equipment. I put a wah pedal on it. I put – phaser i put echo i put all types of stuff so when the solo part kicks in that it can what are you tapping on that shit with all that effects or two come on (laughs) you bet you better be if you're not (laughs) i'm probably gonna have to get to that point because i mean that's one of those songs where i'm like what's every lick i can freaking layer on throw a little love to the dearly departed eddie van halen for gosh sake seth come on absolutely (laughs) yeah what what go from the second fret all the way up to the 12th and just just hammer it yeah. <laughs> but that that's that's a fun one to do because and that's one of those that uh it can get a little lengthy if i'm not careful I, brad brad we usually lean over and, and start there's a certain riff that's an indicator for the the song to end yeah, yeah of course he'll yeah. just kind of eye me and like play that riff and i was like all right bud you had fun man like all right we get it <laughs> <laughs> and i'll look at him and smile and just go run that thing right back up the neck <laughs> oh my god what is it what is the name of the song again it's blind cat blind cat i'm writing that down because i'm gonna be on the lookout for that one send you send you my notes on that one critiques (laughs) Uh, hey give me give me three give me three of your favorite guitar riffs of all time whether they're yours or somebody else's oh man that's hard hard. you know how you pick up a guitar and you're farting around and you automatically instinctually go to certain riffs at least i do oh yeah oh man I mean, you know, you pick up an acoustic guitar first run, you got to do a G run. I mean, <laughs> it's a simple bluegrass, just bump scrum yeah. stuff. It's usually what I play. And, um, you know, some suspended chords, but it's, I can't really think of any riffs right off that I'm like, I'll play that riff immediately. I love playing the the main riff to the ocean by Led Zeppelin for some reason on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, now that you say Led Zeppelin over the hill and far, far away. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 G run, play that little, little G run. Yep. Little hammer on pull offs and a little, yeah. GD. And you got, what is it? You got the 12, eight, five. You just chime mm-hmm. quick. <laughs> That's a fun one to warm up with too. Cause you got a lot going on with that to get your hands going. Absolutely. And it changes, it changes beats and patterns and things. So, you know, you gotta, you, you get a little bit of right and left hand exercise for you, for you. I love the intro to love song by Tesla. That's always a go-to too. And that, you know, you get a lot of cool finger picking and different things going on with that. Well, hey, it's, I've been playing here recently again, another cover song picked up a long, cool woman, that E minor, you slide yeah. up, wall back down on the E string. It's that's, that's a, that, that riff may, may pop out every time or two when I pick up a guitar. Absolutely. It's always fun when you pick up a guitar and noodle around and again, instinctually, whatever, subconsciously you go and start yeah. playing your favorite stuff. So yeah, maybe some mixolydian and pentatonic scales just up and down the neck real quick. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Throw it. Yeah. Throw in the modes along with everything. I see you, Mr. Mr. I know music theory. Oh, look, look. I just, 
I heard the name in passing, and that's what I picked up on. You know, <laughs> what, are all the, what are all the notes in the Mixolonian mode, Seth? Come on, you're bringing it up. <laughs> I couldn't use the first one. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> I know my major and minor scale, and like somebody say, "Well, that's this mode." I'm like, "Okay." All right, right sounds good. Just, what I just what sounds mean? good is to me, right? What sounds good to my ear, that's what I play. Exactly. I go off of like, you just tell me a key and 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 I'll take the rings from here. That's I'll, right. I'll, I'll <laughs> Does it need to be happy or sad? <laughs> Real quick, that reminds me of we had a guitarist special and we had uh we had uh Andrew from Them Dirty Roses and Riley from the Thunderbolts and Dylan from Dylan. Magnolia Bayou and Dylan and Andrew are going back and forth, like talking about all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, Riley's like, "Well, I don't know what these nerds are talking about, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I feel sometimes. When I get around like you know super leveled up musicians who actually actually know who yeah. they're talking about. I'm like." Well, well, I'll try to listen and absorb, but I ain't going to understand it all, man. <laughs> I've always loved music, but I played sports a lot of my young life, and I didn't pick up guitar until I was in college. I'm mostly self-taught, but I know I'll I know say. what I know, and I don't know what I don't know, and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah, and to be honest, man, half the time, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds good. This sounds good. Let's just play. I know what key I need to be in, and is it happy or sad? All right, here we go. <laughs> you know, it's it's a melting pot again. It's just you know you learn riffs, you learn songs, and and you and riffs are almost like a vehicle or, or really anything. You can take them apart, put them back together, yeah. however you like. And, and, and well, the cool thing about a lot of playing a lot of blues stuff is mixed scales too, with minor and major gone together and the notes. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of like it's a good thing to learn for guitarists to learn. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, to learn the neck too, man. That's 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 an important part because. I had that was another thing that that came along with time was when some of those open jams and stuff it's like you 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 were playing so half the time I was playing a song that I'd never even heard of heard of or played before and I had to jump on it pretty quick and and you got to have some go-tos that you know are going to work and you know and use that time to maybe experiment when you when you get in that uh, experience in there are a couple standard rock or blues riffs that you can, as long as you can play them up the neck, you can certainly, you know, figure your way out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to have those puzzle pieces to play. You got to have, yeah, you got to have your certain layer go-tos. All right, gear. If you could have any guitar and amp in the world, money's no object right now, what are you getting? Oh, man, 59 less Paul Greenback Marshall amp. I mean it's just plug it in turn it up all the way to get the tone and then you know <laughs> you're playing molly hatchet for the next hour and a half until my fingers bleed <laughs> did, you, did you see the uh, gibson release that peter green Les paul 59 it's like 200 something thousand dollars lord. remake lord no i haven't it's probably good they made have. like 30 of them and they're 200 plus k i'm like really yeah man i mean you know a lot of people you know, or, or to me, it's just it's a box, it's a wood and strings, man. If if it can sound good, it sounds good. I know there's people that are diehard about that stuff, but you know, like, that costs as much as a good house. Yeah, man. Yeah, and if that's something you want, that's that's definitely more. I would be afraid to touch it. Yeah, I tell you, I, I had a guitar and I freaking regret getting rid of it, but it 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 was one of the things where it kind of had to happen, but. Um, one of my favorite guitars I ever had was a literally a Squire Fender, a Squire Telecaster, white binding, yeah. 
a soft sunburst. I put a pickup in it. I had a custom wound pickup put in it. That's all I did to it. And not man, even the tuners. You didn't change out the tuners or the saddle brit. No, no. It was um, it really? was the open style tuners. You know the kind. I can't remember yeah, what the yeah. Notch it, throw it down. In. It had that already. The throwback style, older style tuners pegs. And man, I I wore that guitar out. Wore it out. Of course, I didn't want people to know it was a Squire, so I sanded that off and. Uh, I drew. I think I drew roses on it or something. Yeah. You know, this day and age, you don't have to be a headstock a headstock snob. And like a lot of those squires, make some really good stuff. And particularly, hey, a little change like a pickup. Sometimes the tuners are cheap, and you gotta throw the tuners out. But that's easy to swap those things out. And you got a hell of a player, and you don't worry about dropping it, scraping it, scratching it, nicking it. I had less than $400 in that guitar and I would put it up against any guitar that was three figures. Well, I don't know if I can reach this without ripping the headphones off. My, I think I can. Oh, I have a project guitar. Look at that. Thing. <laughs> so this is a Kramer Beretta special. I paid $179.95, not counting the gift card I had to Sweetwater. So these are super customizable. That's kind of the whole purpose why I got this guitar. So I've already put new bridges, saddle bridges on because they were really shitty. I learned how to put a new nut on because the nut was plastic and crappy. So I got a self-lubricated, nice, nice nut. Open tuners on. It's super stable on the tuning now. And the next thing I'm going to do, Seth, I'm going to swap out the pickup. I got, got my choices here and I need your help. Oh, man. So I have a DiMarzio. Um, super distortion pickup I could throw in or Seymour Duncan. I'm a big Seymour Duncan guy. Uh, distortion humbucker Seymour Duncan to throw in. So DiMarzio super distortion or Seymour Duncan distortion humbucker. What are yeah. we going with? You can't go wrong with Seymour, man. That's, that's, that's a good one. I'd like to give you another option and I can okay. give info later, but I'd love to plug them, man. Um, Tom Brantley actually wound my pickup and he does incredible work. I can, I can send you guys his info, but he custom wound that pickup for me in that Telecaster and has done, uh, two other guitars for me since. And he, I will stand by him every time he does incredible, incredible work. And you send, can send me his information. Yeah. But you can tell him going exactly back to not being a headstock snob is yeah. Beretta special, not Beretta. Um, I didn't pay. I paid under 200 bucks for this. I probably put a hundred dollars into it and then I'm going to put another hundred with a pickup. But this neck on here is one of the smoothest, comfortable, fastest necks. I think I've ever, I've like, I've played, especially on a value guitar. And now with all the changes I've done with the, the, the saddle saddles for the strings and the nut and the tuners, it stays in tune. Yeah, Fantastic. Man. Yeah, and it, I could put cool stickers on here, even like the ones from our podcast, and that's Leon <laughs> Kilgore, Junkyard, Dead Dead stuff that I get from people. Not worry about. Dude, it. I'll have to send you one of my. <laughs> yeah, I'll slap it right on there, and then it does only have a volume knob, no tone knob. So I, it's it's basically an on and off switch. It's, it's garbage. So I got a new uh, volume pot to put in there when I throw in the humbucker, and like it's just a hell of a lot of fun. I have it tuned yeah. down a half step to play the old hair metals, most of the hair metal stuff, and like shit Dude, where i'm going is fix up those cheap guitars a little bit and you've got a great player 
Dude, yeah, and there's something to, to be said about when you take a guitar like that, and especially if you're able to do the work yourself. And man, it, to have pride in something that you're that you almost had to help in fabricating and and, and making, because you know anybody can go into any guitar store or custom shop and and with money. If shoot, if I had money, I'd do the exact same thing and order guitar ready to play. But you know. I mean, there's something about turning the screws yourself and, and, you know, doing that thing of fabricating your own, you know, instrument. There, there's something to be said about that. Well, and this is nice, too, for that reason is like I've never replaced a nut before. I'm not going to replace a nut on a nice Gibson or something I have because I've never done. It. I don't want to F it up. This gives me a practice. And if you make a mistake or do something, it's not a freaking big deal. So that's why I'm like you know i've done tuners and and um you know like the saddles or you know bridge work and stuff before but you know right. doing the electronics now replacing pots replacing pickups doing the nut all, all new skills i'm learning just because i want to know how to do it and uh work on a cheap guitar that i'm not really going to care too much about if there's a nick scratch burn you know strip screw or something big deal I, I saw those guitar workhorses which pretty much all my guitars are workhorses but you know you got your nice shiny ones you don't want to mess up and get belt buckle scratches on right and th those go to the yeah those go to the guitar shop to get work yeah, done yeah, not, yeah. not to then, me <laughs> then you got your workhorses man the ones that'll do the grimy work you know the, the ones that'll do a three-hour show in a bar and get builds beers poured on them and stuff and sweat that's right and you're not like too worried about it but Anyway, I got off on a tangent when you started talking about that squire. It's and a heck of a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I know it's dinner time for everybody, so we'll do a couple quick ones and get you moving on. Um, if you could if you could play or tour or open a show with any band or artist right now, who are you, who are you going with? Oh, man. I mean, right now, it's – I mean, Billy Strings. I mean, I know I just talked about him, but you see some of his Instagram posts and stuff, and I mean – it backstage looks just as fun as being on stage. So, and I could imagine with the, his tight knit group of guys and talented guys, you'd probably learn a lot, but yeah, I, I'd go on tour with Billy, Billy strings. You, there's no way you wouldn't come out of there with some stories not to tell, you know? You'd Absolutely. It'd be fun too. I mean, you got, he'd bring you up on stage to jam. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that'd be fun. Dude, playing Red Rocks with Billy Strings. That's a, that's a dream come true somewhere. Like I saw that. him do that um, during the pandemic they played by themselves and there is they recorded a concert it was great yeah yeah and yeah that was incredible yeah but if billy strings man i mean that would be a good time did, I, did you see that post he made with uh travis tripp playing beer pong and post malone in like basketball shorts beside, that was like, a couple days ago yeah like you're gonna have stories like that to tell your but your people won't believe the stories you'd have to tell with a band like that <laughs> I am not I am not a post Malone fan, but I am a fan of the fact that he like Nirvana and all this and like he'll play covers and tributes to that stuff. But I, Absolutely. you know, music is subjective. It's not my wheelhouse, but I like the fact that he respects the stuff that came before him and like gives it a spotlight. Yeah, I and mean, I'll be honest, there's a few things I don't know everything about him, but you know, I've I've known of post Malone songs that have come on. It's like, okay, I dig that, I like that, appreciate that. But yeah, he's one of those guys that's like, you know, he he knows where some of that stuff come from and, and will pay tribute to it. You're I think he's a good guitar player as well, at least knows how to play at least like enough to be on stage or play it live. Yeah, I think he did a video at Carter Guitar in Nashville. Um, yeah. He played some acoustic stuff and I believe they bought he bought like a, a 
SG with a Bigsby on it, like, you know, some 1960-something SG or something. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's cool. That's legit. <laughs> You're then, legit. Yeah, then try, probably drove away in a Rolls Royce or Bentley or something, which is also pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie, kind of jealous. <laughs> Yeah, it sure is. It sure is, man. All right. What is the what is the most recent best concert you've seen? Uh, like I said, Billy Strings. I hate to bring him up again, but yeah, that's all right. Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, which is I'm kind of subjective or whatever the word would be, but fair to it, I guess, being a part of it. But, you know, power and sound was incredible to be a part of. You know, I know. Mm-hmm helping it in a way with the family and, you know, I'm a part of it in, in other ways, but as far as it, you know, from a music standpoint, it being a, an entire festival and camp out, that was, I mean, my, my mom and sister, both, I mean, hats off to them every time they worked their butts yep. off shows, man. And that was an incredible thing to be a part of. So I think I'd, I think I'd have to go with power and sound. Sorry, Billy, but got to keep in the family. Uh, what is your dream band? Oh, Dream Van? Yeah. He's driving right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, I, I guess you could say I'm about to, to pile onto the Dream because I'm about to rip all the running gear out of it and make it four-wheel drive. So I think, wow. I guess, the Dream Van is going to be four-wheel drive. So. But, I mean, you know, you're talking about a Dream Van? Dude. Yeah, like, my, again, like the gear, money's no object. If Like, what? what's your perfect setup? Oh, you're – for me, it's going to be like a 70s survivor, one that was either like a, it was a company called LRP, which made some incredible conversion vans, but back in the 70s, but, you know, to find a van that was customized by somebody and in, in all, you know, hand worked or worked over whatever, and they put their own twist on it and it survived through the years, whether it be through a junkyard or, you know, passed down through families. I think um, with California, with their emissions, there's a lot of vans that can't pass emissions, so they're sold out of state and stuff. And man, you you'll look at that list of of vehicles and especially the vans because it was such a big scene out there. I mean, Survivor vans popping up left and right, and just because of the weather and the conditions, just they're just immaculate. You know, they still got. Yep. Bye, spy, Mickey Thompson, Indy F, you know, Indy fifties hanging off the back, and you're just like, man, that's a freaking forty year old tire that hasn't seen the streets in years, and it's still holding air and looks just as good as when you ordered it out of the catalog. So I think a Survivor Chevy Shorty, total barn door van would would be the ultimate dream. Love it, love it. All right, two last questions. What is your favorite album art of all time? Oh man, favorite album art of all time. I mean, you're an artist and you're and a musician, so like, which which like, <laughs> man, that's hard. That's super hard because I mean, you know, the the album art's got to be just as good as the music, or at least it's got to you know go hand in hand and and contribute to it. But Pink Floyd had a lot of good ones. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the album with the um, Lord? Well, the name escapes me right now. It's got the three smokestacks on it and uh it's got not animal animals um might have been i might look it up later i'm gonna feel like a total when when i learn the name but the i think it's a painting that that one's pretty pretty incredible i'm I'm looking this up now just to be sure i'm i'm right 
you know, you got um, before they passed away, you know, in in the in the crash when Leonard Skinner did the album cover where they're all on fire. Yeah, yeah. It is animals. Yeah, Pink Floyd animals. The one with the, yeah. the factory and the smokestack. Yeah. It's something about that, like the sunlight and the way that the buildings look and just the, the setting of that. It, it looks pretty, pretty incredible. But, you know, maybe you got, like I said, Leonard Skinner with a, yeah. where they took it out of rotation or out of sales. I've, before. I've got that on vinyl, that cover. It, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. But yeah, this, love it. Cover's pretty neat. Last question. Give us a give us a guilty pleasure song or artist, or if you don't like the term guilty pleasure, give us something <laughs> that we'd be surprised to hear that you like. Oh man, you know what? I really, really like um, sampled music being like, you know, it, it's a part of a beat from like a, a song from back in the day, and they and they made a beat out of it. Um, uh, I think it's you know vanilla or not vanilla ice cube used uh footsteps in the dark by the Isley brothers like stuff like that like that kind of interests me in a big way and then, of course you know with technology nowadays you can pretty much make an album on your laptop and and there's a lot of cool people with, uh, with a laptop and a keyboard basically and you know there's some people I'll I'll listen to like that but it's just uh it's just good head music I guess when you're not wanting to listen to anything too intense you know I, I like some of that stuff, some sample sample music, some beats and, and things. I got I get a lot of actually inspiration from that as far as, you know, if for sounds of guitars too, because there's there's a lot of scapey, uh, big, echoey sounds that come with that music to fill up some space. So yeah. Like that. that is surprising, but cool at the same time. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it's just something, you know. Not, not that you have to work real hard to listen to any music, but that's just some good, some good thinking music, I guess, for me. <laughs> well, we'll go out and check out sampled music. Seth, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Where do we go to find out more about you, your music, your band, your art? All right. Well, you can go to jswmusicnc.com and you can find all my social media links on there, but pretty much uh, jswmusicnc on Instagram jsw music on facebook um and old jeremiah's foobar designs on instagram and please check out um you know like, I said, like i'm working beside my dad a lot more these days and working in the shop with him so we've actually got a youtube channel for that and it's called the swim shop four by four van conversions so we're putting that channel nice in. yeah so we're we're converting vans to four-wheel drive and you know, just kind of showing what we do in the shop there and stuff like that. So we've been trying to build that stuff up. But, um, but yeah, man, just find me on all those. You can look at all my artwork on Old Jeremiah. And I've got my own YouTube page as well for that, Old Jeremiah's Designs. I'm, I'm following, at least starting right now with Instagram on Old Jeremiah. I'm on my phone right now checking it out. Awesome. Awesome, man. But Brian? Yeah, all right. Thank you to Seth Williams for joining us, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. And, you know, I totally dig everything that you guys are doing, your family and Power and Sound Revival and then Rockingham and your old Fubar design, old Jeremiah and Swim Shop and everything, man. So I appreciate everything that you guys are doing and all the artwork you're doing and supporting art. And it's just all awesome. So thanks again for being on. And tell your family we said hi, your mom and sister and everybody. Absolutely, man. And, you know, thanks you. Thank you for you guys for like doing stuff like this and, 
and having an outlet for guys like us and, you know, spreading the word, keeping it, keeping the thing going and being a part of the, uh, the big machine that the Southern rock and rootsy music thing is, you know, we love it. And I'm, we're very glad Brian started it, started it. And yes, Seth, we are awesome. Yeah, man. Well, take some credit, man. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Thanks to Seth Williams for joining us again. Uh, such a pleasure to get to talk to him again and learn more about uh, everything that they do. I was uh, as I look forward to all our episodes. They're all, you know, fingerprints look the same kind of, but they're all different. And uh, was really looking forward to this one in a different kind of way. But you know, uh, what a great time talking to him. Yeah, it was great to talk to him. He is a fun, energetic young man, a great musician, artist in Van Restore. And this time on our, our talk, our, our gear talk, I got to pull out one of my project guitars and talk about that for somebody. It was unexpected and fun. It was, yes. And uh, I could see you adding more stickers to that. <laughs> you send me stickers, especially from the bands we've had on. I will add them on. There's plenty of space on this hot pink Kramer Beretta guitar. Yeah, it is kind of pink, isn't it? I thought it, was it is. It is like they call red. it a red, but it's more like a darker hot pink than than red. I mean, you can't play you can't play glam metal, eighties metal without having a flashy guitar. Brian. <laughs> Just can't. Are you gonna when you get your glam metal band going? Are you gonna wear a wear a nineteen eighties bouffant hairdo wig? 100% I already had the wig and I you wore it at our last year got Halloween special with Daisy and Boone it's like that blonde mullet poofy wig and that's totally right. and my jean jacket I'm totally wearing them all right so getting back to Seth we like we made we this is like the intro when we talked about the sofa cover people and we're talking about like hair metal spandex so when we meander back into things that uh uh are better um so yep. the other thing about Seth is like you know, you guys know our logo is a van and I had this thought of, you know, what, you know, what would somebody be driving around in the seventies going to Skinner shows and Seth's doing that. He's got the real deal, you know, his, uh, and we forgot to mention the name when we were talking to him is the, the, the dirty dice boogie van. So it's so cool to see that. And, you know, he can camp out in that thing and live in it and hit the road and go where he wants, do what he wants in there. Yeah, you live in there and just, you know, we've uh, put up videos like on the Facebook page of some of this stuff while he was working on that. So that was cool to talk about that and hear about that as well. Well, go to his webpage, jswmusicnc.com. Go to the Facebook page, JSW Music. You can see, see his stuff, hear his stuff, see the artwork, see the van work. And he is a man of many talents. So definitely go check him out. Until then, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time. Ain't no telling how much love that I threw away. I can tell you all the times I've been up on this stage playing my guitar One slip my mind And I've left so many hearts behind 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. 
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.